Welcome back to Your Average Witch Snack Size Edition. In this episode, I got to chat with witch, author, and musician Fiona Horn of the band Sea Witch. Fiona answered the questions of choice and gave us a little taste of what we'll hear from her in the full-length interview coming in 2023. Follow Your Average Witch podcast to be sure you catch the full episode next year. Hi, Fiona. How are you? I'm great, Kim. How are you? I am wonderful. So I have three questions for you. I can't wait. (laughs) The first question is, do you feel or believe that being a witch is a choice? I'll answer yes, because your choice could be determined by recognizing that you have a deep inner feeling or sense that somehow you may be a little different to how you've been told you should be or you might find that you have a different idea about how the world works and your place in it and you might choose to recognise these feelings and and thoughts and, and senses as something you should take action on or you might choose not to which in my case, when I recognised that I must be a witch, that's the only thing that makes sense, it was a choice because I could have just ignored it. Do you feel like practising witchcraft is a choice? Yes, because in over 30 years of talking about it publicly and having many books published and having the opportunity to uh, interact with people who identify as witches, one of the most common comments, questions, I guess, that I get is, um, you know, I, I need to, well, they, people will say, I need to make time for spell casting. I need to make time for ritual. I need to take make time for my craft. So it's a choice to do it. <laughs> it's a choice to do that practical application of it. Yet at the same time, being a witch isn't something you switch on and off like a tap. It permeates every facet of your being, every aspect of your daily and nightly and between the world's lives. But it's a choice to decide, am I going to actually do something with the altar today, even if it's just clear it off and give it a dust? <laughs> do you feel like you could just stop doing it and and never do it again? No, couldn't. Impossible too late I think that's so interesting (laughs) too late too far too deep (laughs) it's just never gonna I can't get rid of it it's like uh in saying oh can I just um step off this earth while I'm still in this physical body and not ever go back to it um without a rocket ship it's not an option I love all the different answers I get to these questions (laughs) it's so interesting to see what people think about it your questions when you sent me the longer list of what we're going to talk about, I um, when I was like, gosh, some of these are amazing. I've been asked so many questions and I've been interviewed. I'm I'm not self-aggrandizing in saying this. It's just a it's just like what it is. Thousands of times I've been interviewed. I, that's not an exaggeration, and and talked about it with people on in varying capacities, whether it's like on some mainstream high-profile television show or radio show or or the opportunity to chat intimately with someone like yourself who has an eclectic podcast. It's like um, 
your questions. There's a lot of them that I've never been asked before, which is really cool. I love it. Yay! <laughs> My goal is to be like the Sean Evans and, and have people say, whoa, that was a good question. <laughs> yes. Well, you, you I want to be the hot ones oh. of this. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question is, would you please share a story about a spell that you've done? Successful, unsuccessful, funny, touching, whatever. Your first one, the most recent one you did, whatever you feel like talking about. Hmm. Because I, I have been asked that question before. And I'd like to give a different answer to what I normally jump to in later years of my craft. Spell casting is not a focal point of my craft. Ceremony, ritual is, you know. Spell casting is something I lean into less often. It doesn't even have to be a spell. It can be about anything witchy-related. I just like stories. (laughs) I almost feel like I'm giving you my answer now as as I say that. You know, it's almost like, yeah, you know, I... I, I don't lean into spell casting as much now in my craft, and I, I but I do emphasize ceremony and ritual as really important parts of my craft. Um, and yet, when I'm asked about a spell, like I just immediately my there's two things that come to mind. The very first one I cast, I know what that is. Um, it was the first time I looked to to the trees in the bush where I was uh, growing up in Sydney. I was probably, well, the bushland at the time, it was bushland, now it's all suburban households. But when I was growing up in the southern suburbs of Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, I was five or six, I'd say. At the uh, at the oldest, I was six, but I'd say it was when I was around five. I was quite young, but I'm pretty sure I was going to school. And I, uh, like kindergarten, and I looked to the, trees one afternoon after school and I saw the leaves moving and stopping and in the breeze and I became convinced that I could make them move if I asked them to. So I waited till they were still and and there'd been a stillness for a while. And then I said, blow wind blow, make my feet and fingers glow. And a breeze picked up and the leaves started moving and I was convinced. And I said, stop, wind, stop, make my feet and fingers hot. And the wind stopped like that. And then I said, blow, wind, blow, make my feet and fingers glow. And the breeze came up and the leaves started moving. And I stood there for quite some time doing that, convinced it was that I was making it happen. Maybe I was in my little corner of the bush in the universe because I used to just I used to spend all my time in the bush and I think that laid a a foundation for revering the natural world as sacred, feeling I had an intimate relationship with it that was unique and that it spoke to me and I spoke to it and it heard me and I heard it and that really formed the the cornerstone of my practice as I grew and evolved into a, I guess, a a human with more years behind them and uh, recognised that. Uh, the ritual and ceremony and the nature worshipping aspects of of modern witchcraft or what spoke to me as being a framework to explore the world from and within this life. I'm curious about something. Mm-hmm. So you're a musician. Yes. Right? Among do you write have, do you like have, do you write lyrics? Oh yes, definitely. Okay. Um 
very much so the uh, bands I've been in over the years, the, in the 90s, the band I was in called Deaf Effects was a very successful band, um, toured America multiple times, charted in the Billboard charts, had a lot of uh, chart and touring success in Australia. Um, so it was quite a big deal. And the lyrics I wrote in that band, sometimes my um, occult and witchy leanings were revealed. <laughs> See, I didn't uh, really talk about identifying as a witch until the very last interview I did for the band, which was in Rolling Stone magazine, Rolling Stone Australia. And they said they, they used it as a caption in a photo of me saying, Fiona Horn is a witch who believes in, uh, uh, what was it, um, I think they wrote white, white, light and dark energies or something like that. That was the only thing they said about it. It was a caption in the photo. And then when that band broke up in 1997, I had the opportunity to write my first book about witchcraft and my publisher, well, the publisher that became my publisher, Random House, um, Jane Palfreyman, the, the uh, director of publishing there, came to me and said, I think a rock star writing a book about witchcraft will sell a few copies, so um, let's have it. <laughs> and so I did, and that book became a really big bestseller. Like it was, And it's still published and it's still, that was like a really, that was in 1998 it was published. It's still available. It's still one of Australia's top books written by an Australian author. Well, it really brought witchcraft to the to the forefront. It, in the late 90s, witches were getting quite popular. You know, you had, in, from the entertainment world perspective, you had Charmed on TV, you had, you know, the craft movie, you had a bunch of things going on where witches were at the forefront and, on you know, were a topic that was considered entertaining by the media and mainstream entertainment outlets. Um, and I was kind of, swept up in that, became quite quite the spokesperson for it. Uh, certainly that's where witchcraft became a job for me. It never was prior to that from when I was 18 to when I was, which is when I really identified as a witch and did a self-initiation ceremony because there was no internet then and nothing around. I couldn't find anyone else, so I just did it myself uh, with some books I managed to find in old secondhand bookshops. But, you know, from when I was like 18 through to 31, it was kind of something that was just for me. And then it became my job. The reason I asked is because I don't do much spoken anything in my practice. Mm. And you started out with it. And that's super interesting to me. <laughs> and you used it in your job. So I just wonder yeah. if some people are more likely to have that work for them than others. I love that, you know, you don't use the obvious spoken word to work your magic and practice your craft that's a beautiful approach and uh certainly i think when you've when you look at the usually what i've found in in practicing over these decades is that um it'll change what you do and that's important and necessary to allow that to happen if you feel driven to do that or if you if you're shown to do that not to get too attached to any one way, that would become very limiting, I think. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of blowing of things. Yeah. It's I beautiful. use a lot of breath. Well, that's and that's the element of air, isn't it? If you look at it really um, in, in a really literal sense, you're working with the element of air a lot. And that's uh, obviously linked to, you know, thought and and 
cerebral kind of stuff as well, you know, as well as divine connection and and interaction. So, um, yeah, you might feel called to do something else. You might start finding you're using your hands more than your breath and moving stuff around, which I would offer might be earth. Yeah, I'm I'm Taurus, so I'm pretty mm-hmm. I'm pretty there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that it's um everyone's practice is I think really important. The when I started out in the first books I wrote and everything, I was so hung up on the building blocks way of doing it. You know, you've got to have certain items of your altar in certain quarters aligned with the points of the compass. And and that was a challenge being in the Southern Hemisphere and all of the books that I could find about. I bet. Northern Hemisphere. So I was one of the first, there was a couple of little pamphlets I found put out by um, Southern Hemisphere practicing witches and occultists that would kind of flip it and help you understand how it all worked. I was one of the first books to come out that was certainly one of the first books that was published and received and and sold a lot of copies that was from a Southern Hemisphere perspective. And I always put both in the books now. Well, I appreciate you talking to me and I cannot mm. wait for the longer version of this. I know. As we started talking much longer, I thought I'd better shut up because this is meant to be Kim's short version. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for ta- giving, taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at Your Average Witch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key, click on Your Average Witch podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkimscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes.